Hello and welcome to Damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug and these are my acute mental neuroses. Happy New Year. This will be going out, I believe, the year after New Year's. So it's 2014 and uh, let's just start there. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. It's been uh, oh, kind of a topsy-turvy roller coaster of 2013 and uh, I'm looking forward to 2014. I have a few resolutions, some of which I have... Uh, jokingly done and some of which I have jokingly not. Um, I did want to start like a, a very easy exercise regime um, in the mornings. I have not done that the last couple of days. It's just been I've stayed up late uh, getting things done and just not been sleeping well. Um, so it's a little hard for me to wake up and feel the motivation to uh, do a couple push-ups. Start doing that uh, as of time of recording next week. Um, so hopefully I'll have kind of an update on that in terms of follow-through. Um, I had a joke that, you know, uh, if it was a New Year's resolution to get a Deadpool wallet, I got that. Other than that, my resolutions are really uh, simple. If you've been listening to the show, um, it's about putting my life back together. The show's not really about that. Well, it kind of is, but isn't. But 2014 is going to be about putting my life back together. Um, I'm looking to, I've talked about it, get off of probationary status. I'm looking to reinstate my driver's license. I'm looking to get a big boy job as a day job and that's that's just you know kind of on the on the on the surface Doug I'm not going to focus on um, any romantic relationships I uh, it's not that I don't think I'm ready um, it's just it's not a priority for me um, and that's absolutely true I am going to focus on building you know more personal relationships with uh, with my friends and being more social and uh, you know getting kind of back out into the world um, in terms of you know the resolutions for the network um, we like to see you know just forward progress. We want to see, you know, merchandise come out. We want to see um, live shows. Um, there may be a little bit of a shake-up um, on shooting the gap. I'm not sure. It's not uh, the time right now to talk about it, but stay tuned to the, you know, not only this show, but shooting the gap if you want to hear more about what's going on there. You know, I've always preached honesty on this show. Um, it's just right now I, I don't have a lot of information about a certain situation that could or could not impact shooting the gap. I have no idea. Um, otherwise, like we're just gonna keep on trucking. Um, like I said last week, you know, just try to keep doing good work and putting out the best products that we can. And um, you know, I know we talked about doing um, a YouTube uh, channel next year, and I don't know how realistic that is going right into it um, because. You know, there's a lot of work to do on uh, multiple shows. We brainstormed, Deb and I brainstormed yet another show uh, to put out um, that's like uh, kind of a journal of a superhero, um, and it's uh, a character I've had in my head for the better part of 10 years. Uh, I immediately jumped onto doing the logo for that, and then I stopped myself, and kind of a part of my New Year's resolutions as well are that um, I want to finish things. I want to really focus and not get distracted by multiple projects. Um, Dan Harmon had a great quote that I don't remember the exactness of, but uh, he talked about how if you have an idea, don't talk about it because the more you talk about it, the more people react to it. It tricks your brain into thinking you've actually accomplished something creative and you haven't. You've just kind of voiced an idea and that's it. Uh, there's no execution to it. Um, so I'm going to kind of take Dan Harmon's sentiment into into my brain and uh, that's what I want to do. Uh, I, I don't want to go, you know... Uh, half out on anything I don't want. I want to complete things, um, whether they see the light of day or not. So I stopped working on the logo for this show. Uh, you know, we have a working title for it. 
I don't know how much Deb's going to like it. Um, I'm not a huge proponent of it, but for a working title, it is what it is, and I'm not going to say what it is, because that would negate what I just said about five seconds ago. Let's get into some funny stuff, and then we're going to get a little deep at the end. I was once again mistaken for gay. This is becoming a odd trend in my life. Um, if you listen to Shin the Gap, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I was telling, I was telling a coworker that story about that specific episode, episode of Shooting the Gap, and um, she kind of got a weird smile. I went, "Oh shit, you thought I was gay too." And it's not that I'm offended. Um, I'm incredibly accepting. I'm incredibly progressive. I, I don't care. Um, but I, I'm always just, you know, I always. I, I just want to know the whole story. I always want to just keep putting input into my head. Um, I'm like Johnny Five that way. And I, you know, I said, "Well, what what is it?" And I mean, you've heard uh, on on shooting the gap when I kind of blindsided the the guest James into why he thought I was gay, and it was a matter of uh, my mannerisms, how I speak, uh, the slight lisp I have, and uh, of course, I turned the tables on him uh, at every step of the turn, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, even he has to admit that. But um, apparently, having intelligence, having uh, being well read, is synonymous with gay, which you know is not a bad. It's not. It's not. It's not an insult that you know people think I'm gay because I'm well read. I pride myself on my intelligence, not in a prideful way. I guess I did just say pride, not in a standoffish way, not in a pompous way, but just you know I don't try to be the smartest person in the room, but I read a lot and take in a lot and that's going to come out when I talk to people about things. You know, the lisp is just, I was born with a cleft lip and, you know, so my tongue and my, you know, palate don't exactly get along sometimes and I have a slight lisp. That's nothing, I'm not ashamed of it, it's how I talk. My mannerisms, on the other hand, uh, I, I chalk up to, I talk with my hands and I was raised by a single, effectively, uh, I was raised by my mom. And uh, so I think some of my learned behaviors, some of my, as I mimicked as a child, probably some of my mannerisms are feminine because I was a rowdy female, and that's where that came from. Once again, there's nothing wrong with, with being gay, but I just think it's odd that these people have these preconceived notions or these stereotypes or paradigms in their head get nervous um, about asking, which I, I don't blame them for being nervous about asking, but... I would imagine the the telltale signs of having uh, talking about my girlfriend or ex girlfriends and having a kid and and all of this um, would would squash any kind of idle rumors or or mentality that I'm homosexual. Um, I would imagine I, I quoted Brian Posehn said, "Is it a look in my eye that I'll never get rid of?" And maybe it is, and that's fine. That's who I am, and I'm very comfortable with who I am, and so it doesn't bother me if people think I'm gay. Speaking of not being able to take certain compliments, I'm wearing a sage green shirt today. Um, I don't know if you'll ever see it in the photo shoots, because sometimes I wear it and sometimes I don't, obviously. I had a girl who said, I really like that color on you, and I said, oh, thank you. It's one of my few shirts that's not black. And this is a, a thing I've noticed, and I've talked to friends about, where you can't just say thanks. You can't just say, like, oh, that's a nice-looking shirt. Thank you. You always have to follow it up with some kind of addendum, like, I got it at Target, or it's a shirt that's not black, or, oh, someone got this for me, and let me tell you about them. But there's always a story involved in these items. And personally speaking, I like the stories about the items. It gives them personality, it gives them character, it's your, you know, remembering something and maybe you haven't thought of it in a while, or it makes you smile or laugh, and that other person gets that out of it. I, I like the connectivity of that story. 
On the other hand, I think it's very weird. Um, you can't just say thanks. And what that other person doesn't care. They don't care where their shirt came from. They don't care what it makes you think of. They just go, I like that color. Uh, anything is past that is superfluous and frivolous. I think it's weird that we project that people want to know about the item in question. Or item in compliment, rather. Uh, that's not a saying. That is now. Fuck it. Um, creative license. That's kind of a weird thing that, you know, maybe you guys on the internet can, can drum up uh, some opinions on. I'd be very interested to hear kind of uh, the internet side of things on that. And we're coming up on, uh, you know, just about the halfway mark. Um, and I think this might be a shorter one because of what I'm about to do. Last week I talked about uh, my dad texting me over Christmas. Um, I still haven't heard back from him. And there were a few things from my therapy year that I wanted to bring up on the show and crowdsourced it and talked to some people, some friends, um, and some of the people on the network as well and said, you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, this is what I'm thinking I'm going to do for the next show. So some people were like, I don't know, that might be a little too deep, you know, getting into it and wait for a little while until, you know, you're clear of some things before you get, you know, in, into inciting incidents and you know, really getting down to the, the brass tacks, the, the raw gears of my brain. So I think that might be, uh, that's been tabled, it's had a pin put in it. Um, but one thing was, you know, that I've been talking about my dad a lot. One of the things I, I did in my therapeutic writing was I said goodbye to my dad. Um, he's not dead, but it's one of those things where, you know, he did leave um, emotionally. You know, I've, I've talked about in the show uh, that that one of my, I call them mosquito moments, um, because it's like a mosquito trapped in the ember from Jurassic Park. I believe that was on the first or first two shows with the Dilemma Raptors. Wow, huge callback. But, you know, the time when I was 17 and, and he said, you know, go live your own life, and I didn't realize he was, he was effectively leaving, and I don't think he knew it, I don't think I knew it, but that's what he was doing. And, uh, and I, so I wrote a eulogy, uh, saying goodbye as if he were dead, and I don't wish him dead, I don't wish him ill. But one of the ideas I had was, uh, was, you know, to give you guys some insight and something you can do um, if you have some of these issues with a loved one that may be gone and, you know, you're still, if you're grieving or if you haven't grieved, which really is a huge thing and I don't think people know how to do it properly and I'm not saying I do, um, but this can be a, a step and it's, it's one of those you can do it on your own. You don't have to show it to anyone, just get it out on paper. So I'm going to hear me rustling around a little bit. This is the eulogy I wrote my dad. Dear Dad, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about you, how you're doing, what you're doing. It's because I think you don't think about me. I don't think you thought about the memories I have and the ones I don't. I don't have any memories of you and Mom together. I have memories of you and her fighting over the phone. You were holding out on child support. I remember Mom yelling that I, that I should be your first priority. I didn't know I wasn't until then. I was ten years old. When you got remarried and you got along with her son better than me, I felt replaced. I wanted to change who I was because I thought you didn't love me anymore, and I didn't know how to lie to myself about myself, so I just stayed in my room and read the same books over and over again. When I was older, I didn't think, I don't think you knew how much worse it became when you told me I could live my own life. I didn't have to see you again. After that, our calls became less frequent and our visits became shorter and shorter until it was months we didn't talk. I would call and leave voicemails, but you wouldn't return them. In a sense, that's when I thought you had really left, but it was before that. You left before I could remember you leaving, but that didn't mean I didn't need you. It didn't mean I didn't miss you. People say, you can't miss what you didn't have, but I know that's not true. I don't miss the snide jokes at my expense. 
I don't miss the emptiness I would feel when we were in a room together. I miss the times you made me laugh, the times you taught me how to draw and how to play video games, and watching Clash of the Titans or Godzilla movies on Sunday afternoons. What I miss most of all is the time we didn't spend together really getting to know each other. Because I think if you really knew me, you would know that I wouldn't I would have been okay. I would have been okay without you, but not that soon. Now the first time I wrote that, um, it took me hours. And I wrote it by hand, and it was rough. Um, and then I had to type it so I could print it. And that went a little quicker, but I still took, you know, breaks writing it, um, transcribing it, um, transferring it over. Um, and then the first time I read that, uh, I read it in front of group therapy. I, I was effectively just wiped out. I was destroyed inside. At some point, it brought up things with other people in the group, and they got a chance to share, and that was really wonderful. I, I, I didn't feel like being selfish. I didn't need the, the whole session to be about me. Those people needed to get that out, too, just as I got mine out. It was really great. I'm sure you can tell I'm a little, you know, still a little shaken when I read it. There might be a, a weird uh, cut in there. Um, a phone I did, wasn't aware uh, was even near me uh, rang, so there might be some slight editing uh, that I'm now telling you about, and if you didn't notice, then I don't know why I bother telling you people this, because you wouldn't have noticed. That's just a testament to my time. So that's how I'm starting out 2014. I'm saying goodbye to people, and I'm, I'm moving past the horribleness. I'm not forgetting it, but it's time for me to move on, on to uh, become a better person, and I think I just need to get all that stuff out and kind of get out, you know, the poison in the well so that the water can be clean again. Start 2014 shiny and new. So for uh, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug. And uh, for Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have been my Acute Mental Neuroses. Good night, Internet. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!